everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is November the 6th. 2020 strong hand long term thinking bitcoin is the big next bitcoin unconfiscatable one bitcoin equals one bitcoin i'm offended by selling be a unique beast in motion five digit realm oh we're going to talk about that five digit realm okay hello my elite friends how are all of you doing today it, it has been a quite a, a bullish week for bitcoin hasn't it we were a little worried about that election and then whoa afterwards what the heck is going on it's uh, pretty pretty awesome if you have questions for the guests i have answers they have answers type in bitcoin meister do a super chat if you've got questions but we're we're going to start it right off today we got a an all-star panel back here making ugly old goat they haven't been on for a little while i've been trying to get them on and now they're back and guy swan has returned he's a he's a regular baby all right we'll start it off with guy swan um we had an election on tuesday and then uh these last few days the uh, price of bitcoin has uh it's gone through the roof it's 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 been great uh, there was a you know before the election there was a lot of uncertainty and i uh was i thought we could get get into a situation where uh we wouldn't know who the president was there'd be uh, disturbances and we could have a March 12th type of situation uh, but uh, as the night progressed it, it became uh, pretty obvious uh, the way things were going that um, the Biden would win and uh, that there would be delays but there would be no disturbances on the streets so guys Swan, uh why is Bitcoin <laughs> what is going on with Bitcoin here what what's your theory uh, I honestly think um, uh, that in a combination with um, kind of the corporate atmosphere, like seeing the kind of the writing on the wall with uh, Michael Saylor breaking, kind of breaking through that wall prior to, uh, you know, the rest of the industry, I guess you could say, um, is that corporate treasuries are looking at Bitcoin in a very new light right now. And I don't think it mattered who we got as president is the only thing that we could count on here is massive amounts of money printing and uh, and new capital controls. Um, like I think I think the very use case and the incentive to uh, look closely at Bitcoin has done nothing but increase. And this election is kind of a great example of uh, do we get it you know shitty painted blue or, or do we do we get it painted blue or do we get it painted red? Uh, but we're going to get the same thing either way um and uh and i think i think it's becoming a road to safety people are looking looking to it as a way to um uh not be exposed to these awful treasury bonds to like everybody's desperate for yield across the board and here is this thing that goes up when things look stressful when things look bad and it's getting safer and safer as time goes on and the one like uh, issue we had or the, the one uh, like hiccup back in March, I think was one of the most bullish events that happened this year during the COVID crisis was uh, we had a massive, massive liquidity crisis and everybody had to shore up leverage all over the place. And here is Bitcoin, this highly liquid asset that you can move in a matter of hours. And it plummeted and recovered in like a month. Like it went from 9,000 to 3,000 back to 9,000. Like 
just the strongest like like there's no other no better demonstration of like this isn't going anywhere than something like that happening um and i think i think that was a major move i think the perception around this is completely changed um and uh I don't think anybody is like of all the people who are celebrating that, you know, this looks like it's going to go for go to Biden. Um, and uh, I think the 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 most hilarious tweet I was just just rolling on the floor laughing when I saw this was uh, I didn't vote. This is, I can't remember who it was, unfortunately, but it says I didn't vote because um, I think uh, both Biden and Trump are really great. And I think I'd just be happy with with whichever one we got. <laughs> Dude, I've never heard that one before. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, at least the person's peaceful. I mean, that that's it's. that's a that's a different one. That's a, now, wait, guys, one go, going back, and I, I'm so glad you brought back those March 12th sweet memories because to us it is a sweet memory. But oh, yeah. all those people panicking now they look like complete. Well, they look like uh, as smart as the person who uh, tweeted out that thing. But uh, do, do you foresee, are we living through institutional FOMO right now? Is that, what's, is, is that going on behind the scenes? <laughs> there are all, the Michael Saylor effect is a, a bunch of other institutions, of other corporations, whatever you want to call them, uh, loading up on Bitcoin here in their treasuries. Yeah, I think... Um... I don't think we're I don't think we're in institutional FOMO yet, but we are. Um, let's say the first couple of snowballs are starting to roll, and people are getting nervous. I mean, look what happened to MicroStrategy stock um, just in the last like five months. They went from a hundred or four months actually. I think it was like one hundred and twenty-three to one hundred and eighty-six, um, and they're riding this with Bitcoin. Um, and uh, and then for their treasury to go from they made a four hundred twenty five million dollar purchase and their treasury is now worth what six hundred million or something like I, I I don't know it's just like the the moves in such a short span are ridiculous, um and uh and you know Michael Saylor has made it very clear that his conviction is that like no I'm not selling this like like what do I sell it for like do I sell it back to the thing that's just bleeding, um because like that's that gets me nowhere like I'm holding this indefinitely like this is now our treasury uh strategy um and i think i think there's a lot of i think there's a lot of brewing fomo but i don't think we've seen anything what the fomo is actually going to look like uh the, the only people who are excited right now are bitcoiners and uh it's just we've broken through <clears throat> we've broken through that window where we know we are moving into the next phase of this thing Corporate boards are now paying very close attention. The social permission has been given to talk about it and not sound like an idiot. Um, and uh, God forbid, like, holy crap, the Iranian central bank is talking about using it to get around capital controls. Um, like, like these are not insignificant moves. Like these are, these are major mental shifts. They don't show up in the price very quickly. Corporate boards move very slowly. They, you know, very cautious about decisions like this. Um, central banks obviously do not move very quickly and they don't really have a market to 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 use to utilize this into. But now part of the license for miners in Iran is they got to sell it to the Iranian central bank. Um, and that is that is uh, that is a shocking 
mental shift. And I think we have the last six months, we have broken through the Overton window. And now we are sitting in a new environment and the price is starting to reflect that. Um, and uh, I think I think we are looking at a, a crazy, exciting and scary uh, 12 months uh, here in Bitcoin. All right. Break on through to the other side and pound that like button. Nick, it's your turn. What's your take? What, what's your reasoning uh, behind what's been going on uh, this week in terms of the price? One of the best things about this election is that all of the normal people and pre-coiners are so distracted on the elections. It just gives us more time to accumulate Bitcoin. That's one of the best things about it. Like, we're, we could go up very, very quickly. And I mean, we have been, but like, I just... I constantly, now that we're in this, you know, 12 to 20K range, I remember back in 2017 when we jumped up 5K in one day. So I know how fast this stuff can go. And I, I, I'm constantly looking at the, the spreadsheet that NVK from CoinKite made about all the institutional, um, you know, all the publicly traded companies that have Bitcoin. They have a lot of Bitcoin, <laughs> a lot more than me. <laughs> And uh, yeah, um, I totally agree with the institutional FOMO. Like, I don't think we've seen it at peak yet, but definitely like the thing Square did where they literally laid out a solid foundation like that, that uh, paper that they released, other companies can just literally take that and use it for themselves and it can speed up institutional um buying and i'm extremely bullish all around nice a reference to a rodolfo novak's uh, spreadsheet that shows I, I i he was on the show a while ago i should get him back on but uh, that it's it is quite nice to see even some of these companies you haven't heard of are, are stocking up on it and that's going to be i'm glad to keep a track of it and for the, the Bitcoiners, first of all, you made a great point that most of the world is still distracted by all the noise that's out there with the election. And behind the scenes, we're getting richer, baby. I mean, it's unbelievable. But so us Bitcoiners take a look at that spreadsheet and it's it's small now, but it, it seems to grow quite often. And I uh, there'll, be a lot, there'll be a lot more companies on there. And yeah, I guess we're on the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the FOMO, institutional FOMO. All right, let, let's go to the veteran here of the bunch. You've seen a lot of, uh, you've seen a lot of life uh, ugly old goat. So what's your take on what's going on with uh, Bitcoin right now? Well, right now you're in the markup phase. So this is the hard part. It's been pretty easy so far uh, this year. And I, I can kind of tell my people, you know, before I've had sizable position because the risk was low. And now I'll be reducing my position because the risks are just are just higher now because of the, uh, of the price volatility. You're seeing a, 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 a change of character in the market. Uh, there's the structure is still very good. I don't see uh, I did notice that we went a little bit of a contango today, but not much. And uh, uh, but I think, yeah, I uh, frankly, I don't like it. I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I guess my view, I'm a, you know, I'm a natural optimist, but I'm just a little bit, uh, uh, pessimistic because, uh, I, I, it doesn't really matter who's elected. I think that what we have here now, uh, is just, uh, too big to save. 
and I think we haven't, people are just starting to realize that now. And uh, so I, I, I see the biggest problem is not being uh, Bitcoin at all. And I think, I don't know if you, if you follow Preston Fish, but I followed him and I think he nailed it. He says the real issue is, uh, you know, it's not Bitcoin, but how are we going to get the people that are in traditional assets uh, out of there? Uh, I think that the new gold are the retirement funds. And uh, I think that they're sitting ducks uh, right now and there won't be any gold confiscation. I think gold is probably a pretty darn good investment still because uh, it's another form of sound money. But the sitting, what can be confiscated are the uh, people's retirement funds. And that uh, will be devastating. And when it happens, it'll be overnight. So, you know, I, I for the first time in, in I, I never thought I'd say it, but I've been telling people, you know, they should really uh, be looking at their total uh, portfolios. And uh, if, if you're just heavy into your retirement is dependent on your house, which is your primary asset and your retirement, uh, you should be maybe be wanting to pay the tax and get out of that retirement fund and put some of it into Bitcoin. So uh, because I, I just think that's going to be a, a real big problem. I, I, I see that's the biggest option. The, the problem's not going to be Bitcoin. Uh, the answer, the solution is Bitcoin. So uh, that, that's my primary concern now. Yeah, I, I want to remind everyone there is an article that you wrote about the uh, current uh, situation in the United States. It's it's linked to below. It's linked to below. If people want to check out uh, your 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 article. Uh, re go, going so I mean it was a little bit of a downer there. You're worried about uh, the normies, uh, 401ks, and IRAs. I I think uh, those of us in this Space have been talking about it for a while that eventually uh, those honeypots would be tapped into by uh, sociopathic governments uh, through through the throughout the world. So I mean, if you're younger, I, I wouldn't be. Maybe Bitcoin should be your retirement fund. Uh, I'm not a financial advisor, but uh, Bitcoin is my retirement fund. I'll, I'll tell you that now. Uh, it, it, right now, with you said you were a little worried about you know, the price volatility and everything, uh, and I, I want to put it out there that yeah, it's it's in the fifteens right now, but things could be kind of frothy, and I would not be shocked if it dropped uh, the twelve thousand, eleven thousand dollars. So, uh, are you are you expecting a a, a a correction of some sort? Also, uh, ugly. Uh, it's going to come, yeah, but from there's no reason to think it's coming at, at this level yet. There's, I mean. Uh, Basically, you know, you have to be prepared for that big drop. Uh, and it's not going to, I don't think it's going to be that big uh, initially. So uh, can we go back down under uh, 9,000? Yeah, we can. Um, but it, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's necessarily over yet. Uh, so oh. a little bit. Yeah, but we, there's, it's not happening now. Uh, and, you know, and, if we hit contract highs and now we got a, a new ball game, but we've got, uh, you know, a lot of, I, I still think you've got the, uh, you've got the crypto world uh, to deal with. And I do think, you know, as long as we have all, all the uh, other quote alternatives, uh, we've, we're going to have problems. Uh, and I, I, you know, so the sooner we can uh, kind of uh, get on the Bitcoin standard and people realize why Bitcoin is unique. I think, the, the sooner we're going to get there. The competition is not 
what's going to be the standard, but the competition is on the standard and the, the, the smart money is realizing that. I think, yeah, Michael Saylor's uh, thing was big. Uh, it really was. And he outlined it uh, perfectly. And if you've ever handled that amount of money, uh, he entered the market. I mean, it was a major operation to make that purchase uh, with without it moving the market substantially. And, uh, you know, they didn't just jump in and buy it. They they were uh, buying and selling and worked their way into it. Uh, now, whether or not you, in my experience is, uh, nobody is able, very few people have been able to just buy Bitcoin and not be tested by fire. So there could be a, a, a still a very big test of fire before we really, uh, uh, you know, move on to, uh, you know, substantially high, higher levels. I mean, I'm long. I've got. I've, I've never done better. We just hit new equity highs, and and you know, I'm long. I'm not. I, I I'm you know leveraged, uh, and I I took off 20% of my position now. Very comfortable with staying long, uh, but uh, I mean, you know, I don't. Uh, I I recommend dollar cost averaging, guys, and I. But, you know, every month I publish the statistics and you know what, it's the dollar cost average. You're just doing great. Uh, you know, I started, uh, if you started buying Bitcoin uh, and put your social security check in there since uh, the peak there in 2000 and uh, January of 2014, I think was the peak, uh, you would be a, a, a millionaire uh, and almost a multimillionaire by putting in a thousand dollars a month. Uh, it's hard to believe that but that's exactly, you know, uh, what you would do if you just made a monthly purchase. And that's what I, you know, basically uh, you don't hear any of these uh, uh, financial advisors advising that, but that's what I tell people to do. It's just, and that's what I did. Basically, I, I started drawing Social Security as soon as I learned about Bitcoin. I just put it in Bitcoin every month. And that's how you do it, guys. That, and that's what, uh, what, what when the younger versions of you, the, the people who get the government stimulus check, they could do a, a similar thing. Now, I, I, I do want, I want to put it out there real quick um, that it, it's going to be fun. Uh, now, I don't know if this is going to happen, but people worrying about it dropping the $12,000. I mean, that's that's a pretty cool place to be in when you, when that's uh, when some people are going to say it's bad to to, to drop to 12000 Now, uh, but, but I, I'm going to. You, you, I believe that since we made it through the election, uh, that I, I don't think Bitcoin can ever uh, return to the four-digit realm. But that's that's my opinion, uh, right there. Do you, do you think on the positive side, though, ugly, that we've, we've got about what fifty some days left in this year? Could Bitcoin hit an all-time high by the end of this year? I could. I, I'd be a little a little bit surprised, but uh, if we do, then we're here. Here's the thing: is we're we're approaching. Uh, an error that's never happened before. And this is what, I, nothing can be su surprising anymore. And nothing's going to make sense. The only thing that is going to make sense is people that have themselves thinking in Bitcoin and are on the Bitcoin standard. Uh, you know, we're all socialists now. Who would have thought, uh, you know, it was, who was the, the Democratic candidate was just what the laughing stock because he, he wanted to give everybody a thousand dollars. Well, we've yeah. doing that in, in spades now. We're all socialists now. We're all on the dole. And, it, you know, it, it doesn't. And that's, you know, we're basically a thoroughly corrupt 
society because we have a thoroughly corrupt money. And that's what inflation does. And, you know, there's a whole new world that's being developed and it's going to come out of Bitcoin and it actually is going to have a new morality and it's going to not be the new morality that, that we, we came up with the sixties, but it's going to be, I think a much improved one. And uh, you know, the Bitcoin community is, is strong. And uh, like we, you're talking about Michael Saylor. Well, you know why you hold that Bitcoin and you don't get rid of it. It really becomes collateral now because, because you have Bitcoin, you can do so many other uh, things. And that's, that's what it boils down to. Uh, is if if you're a business and you you're not on Bitcoin, you're going to be sucking the hind tit. And the sooner you can get on it and start thinking in those terms, the better off you're going to be. All right, uh, I, I want to say something. You said Bitcoin tests us all by fire. This is what I say. I say just like Harry Nelson, jump into the fire and pound that like button, baby. I, I'm right. It's a great song by Harry Nelson. Everybody, look it up. Uh, listen to it right now. Jump into the fire with Bitcoin. All right, now. Uh, Nick, uh, we're going to try to wrap up the political stuff right now. Uh, uh, but if you had anything to add to what what, uh, what, what Ugly said, but I, I, I want to say this: uh, we we've things are still up in the air a little bit with the presidential election. Uh, do do you see uh, that we're going to have a divided government most likely? Uh, the, the Senate and the uh, the president will be of a different party. I think that's really bullish for Bitcoin. I think that's one of the reasons that uh, I think it's bullish for financial people in general that the that if the government will, uh, there will be gridlock and they won't be able to do all the radical stuff that everybody was worried about beforehand. I mean, and even the IRA and the 401k confiscations uh, can be delayed when you have two parties fighting it off there. But uh, wrapping up with politically uh, politically connected stuff here, do you have anything, uh, Nick, to add to about the election? If it has a any future, uh, anything that, that's going to do to Bitcoin very soon, uh, Tell me, tell me about it. One, one thing I wanted to point out that Goat just said is that everyone's a socialist and, you know, like everyone was ripping on Andrew Yang for wanting to print, you know, and give everyone a thousand bucks a month. And now, you know, that's what we see everyone want now, you know, and the stimulus checks and all that. And it's just like, I don't know if I'm the only person who thinks this way, but I've been thinking like, I didn't get a stimulus check last time. And if I were to get like a one-time stimulus check, would I take it and convert it into Bitcoin? Or am I just like way too much of like an American and a capitalist and I don't want free money and handouts? Like would I just rip up the money and throw it in the trash? Like I, I've, I've honestly been debating that if I even do get another or get a stimulus check uh, if they ever come around again. And um, the election, it's just been, I don't know. I've been trying to take some time off Twitter the past few days just because, I don't know, it's... Good man. <laughs> yeah. Have you, ever, have you ever read, uh, are you familiar with Hans Sonholt? He was in the Congress. Okay, he, he uh, used to run uh, the uh, Foundation for Economic Education. And fascinating history, he was actually a... Uh, uh, World War II, he uh, pilot uh, under Nazi Germany got shut down and shot down and was a prisoner of war in the United States. And then he immigrated to the United States. But uh, and he he was big. Uh, he was well known in my day and, and really a great guy, too. Um, but he he brought that up a, 
uh, people would ask him, well, what do we do? I mean, we're, we have, we're paying the social security. And he says, uh, yeah, I said, this can be hard, to, but he said, really, they're going to take it. It's a tax. Just don't collect it. And I have to kind of sadly say that, that I took it and uh, knowing that he'd say, yeah, I get what he was talking about. So I think you make a very valid point. What it is, it's a reflection of our, our, our very being. We've had this for four generations. It goes back to my grandparents when they, they voted themselves Social Security to begin with. My grandfather worked for maybe five years and he lived to be 92 years old and got a Social Security check every day or every, every month. So, I mean, once we go down that road, how do we get back? Well, ugly, the, the, there's, we're, we're talking about the morality of, of taking a check from the government. And the way Ayn Rand explained it, and uh, her uh, current uh, supporters like uh, Yaron Brooks uh, support it, is that if you have been vocal against the system, okay, and you've paid into the system, then there's, and you're being handed money, well, you've done your part. You said this is not the way things should work. Uh, but I'm getting they're refunding me the money that they've stolen from me. So it's all right for me to, to take the check. Uh, I, I, I make it simpler. I mean, respect the money. The dollar is still the dollar. OK, uh, they're giving you free dollars. You pay taxes all your life. I would not rip it up. I would get that Bitcoin. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I never asked for a stimulus check. Yeah, my, I you know, they just, they just, wow, my benefits went up and I didn't, you know, they, they were taking, I, you know, I, I don't know what it was about, but, but it, it's, and I think, uh, uh, but I agree with, with that too. I mean, uh, the one thing that's going on now is, is not a selective bailout where we're just bailing out certain companies or certain banks. Everybody's getting bailed out. So in that sense, it is an improvement. And but I think it's waking up people to the problem, and I think that's that's going to be the that's what's really great. Well, guy, were you just about to say something about this? Uh, yeah, yeah. In, in in my mind, it's 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 my money. Um, like I've given them absolute bukus and uh, for services that I think have been utter failures. I like give me a refund. Um, like. <laughs> Like literally, like I like there is nothing as wasteful and corrupt as the majority of the services that I get from the government. And if I was if I had an Internet service that cost me five hundred dollars a month and was crappier than dial up and only operating about six hours out of the day, like I would want my funds back. Um, and if they're going to offer any of it back, well, then, yeah, it's mine. Like, suck it. I'm going to put it into Bitcoin. Uh, I think I think taking that money and. Uh, putting it into Bitcoin is literally divesting from the value that their purchasing power has. Um, so I think it's actually more valuable. I mean, if you tear it up, technically, you're actually um, uh, limiting the inflation that they're doing, the damage that they're doing to their own system. So if you allow them to print it and then you put it into a harder asset like Bitcoin that that you hold and you take with you if you end up voting with your feet and piecing out when the you know crap hits the fan, um, well, then you've done more damage by uh, by accepting your refund and um, uh, and by holding it in assets that do not add value to their uh, to their financial system. Oh yeah, Are I, I agree and see where you're coming from on that. Mm -hmm. I, I know that's been like a super unpopular opinion I've been holding for a while. <laughs> I rip on socialism all the time and it just would feel weird to take you know free money, but yeah. 
yeah, I like I mean, I totally get it. Like I, I had a really long period of time where I thought like I was like, is this against my principle? Like, you know, how do I how do I square this? How do I square this circle here? Um, and it does seem like at odds. But but I think I think that becomes a question or a moral question uh, when you have when they have matched in giving you the amount that you have paid in. Um, and that's value wise. And I don't think there's any day where that ever actually matches. Um, or a day where they actually produce non-corrupt, non-wasteful, uh, you know, let's get rid of the subsidies, let's get rid of the wars, like all the crap that I had no choice but to pay for. Um, so uh, I, I see it as a... Uh, well, I might be an exception because I, I did 11 years in federal prison, so they actually took care of me for a long time. <laughs> oh, man. That, and, and, and go to check out the archives when... Uh, when Ugly was on the show, another time he told a story that will scare you straight about like a big bird guy in prison. I mean, this, this is, you don't want you don't want to end up in prison. Everybody called me Big Bird. It's uh, anyway. It's, that's in the archives. Uh, I was Big Bird. You can check out all my old shows. DisruptMeister.com. T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T.com and follow me on Twitter at T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Pound that like button. Let's stick with Guy Swan here real quick. We'll wrap it up with politically. You're in a, in a state uh, where they actually, uh, uh, they, 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 the polls are wrong. And uh, the senator that was elected uh, uh, was a shock to some people. And this has brought about a divided government, uh, thank, partially uh, due to that. Uh, that, that uh, do, do you think divided government uh, – will uh, slow down the deterioration of, uh, of everything. And that, uh, well, do you, do you think the, the, the situation we're about to enter politically is going to be good for uh, Bitcoin? And do you think uh, we could get an all-time high by the end of the year, this year? Uh, that's a bunch. Um, first, um, the funniest thing, like I don't, I don't have a horse in this race. I guess if you put a gun to my head and you asked me to choose, I'd choose Trump. Um, but uh but I, I can't really see any benefit. Like I'm kind of with the, the guy, the comment that I, uh, that was made earlier, which by the way, was a sarcastic tweet. Um, and that was the hilarity of the tweet is that like they didn't vote because, Oh, both Biden and Trump are great paragons of integrity and competence, you know? Um, and, uh, and the, the hilarity of it is that it's so obviously not true to anybody anywhere that these two could not be worse you could just couldn't have a worse choice. Um, and, uh, and then God, look at Kamala. Kamala is like a demon child, like, ugh. but, um, <laughs> uh, like her history. No, I mean, like her history of, uh, like literally knowing someone was innocent on death row and withholding evidence because it would look good, bad for her career. Um, like, I mean, like, like she should actually be in prison. Um, like, like, like this, like, that's not even like a question. That's not even like a, did she do it? Like, we know that she did this for hundreds of innocent people who were behind bars, but you know, let's whatever. Um, uh, but one, one of the things I find most interesting is that like, I think it was, uh, it was the Ron Paul nomination, uh, years and, uh, and then back around when, uh, this happened to Bernie Sanders, uh, with Hillary, uh, the amount, the staggering amount of election fraud that goes on. And what's hilarious is that, like, I don't even know, like, I would say probably, I don't know. It's hard to say, and I don't really care which way the bulk of the election fraud is, uh, like which side it would be on. 
Um, uh, you know, maybe it's just because I'm closer to Trump circles um, on Twitter. Like I see it more from that side right now. But the hilarity to me is that the people who are so stuck in which team, like which team I'm on, is that the same people who were squealing and posting day in and day out about how Bernie was utterly robbed and just the whole the whole paragon, like just lists and lists of all the election fraud. Same thing that happened in Ron Paul nomination. I'll, I'll never forget there was a conversation with the guy who did the actual count in uh, some county in, I think it was like New Hampshire or something like that. And then after they reported the numbers, like he was the one in charge of reporting the numbers and the the official numbers that went through were what were, were reported on the news and they were just totally made up numbers. And he's talking to them and he's like, well, that was the numbers they gave us. And he says, no, no, no. I am the one who gave you the numbers. Where did you get those numbers? Like they're the ones that they gave us. Like it just the, the idea is I think the whole thing is so saturated with fraud and corruption, but the but whichever side is winning must insist that it's a, suddenly a paragon of integrity. Like that suddenly everything is right. And anybody who even suggests that there is anything wrong, even though they may have said the exact same thing in the previous time that we all got together and counted a bunch of pieces of paper um, is that like, Oh, suddenly it's suddenly it's not there when my team is winning. Um, so I, I obviously don't play that game, you know, win stupid games, uh, well, if I recall, or play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah. If I recall, uh, Ron Paul was not even allowed to speak at the Republican convention. Yeah. And he, and he had he, to have his own. He had to have his own down the street. And, yeah, and had more people. I was highly responsible. I, I work on elections. That was one of my, my original business. And I we were very much responsible for him winning those four states uh, by the campaign that we did. So, uh, you know, the Republicans really have no ground to, to stand on. But exactly. I do think, exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, but I don't I, I think I mean, that's kind of what I bring up in, in the article. You, we can go and view all of our presence from the foundation of our country. And the idea that uh, any of them really have a character that should be emulated, <laughs> they, 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 none of them do. And so, you know, the best that I see, and, and I, you know, why Trump impressed me, because I actually, I enjoy politics. He's so much fun to watch. He's just a great entertainer. It's like, he's like the guy, <laughs> the comedian that can, you know, shoot down the hecklers. And he seems to have the, he has the right character flaws for the time. And so what I, I do think that that he gave us at least a delaying mechanism. Uh, I think things are going to, if Biden wins, and now you know what? I think the verdict is out. I don't think it's over. Smart, uh, Trump is a very smart player, and it ain't over to the fat lady sings. And so uh, you don't look fat to me, uh, Adam, so I think you're calling that election a little too quickly. <laughs> Well, it, it's on that uh, note. We'll see. I, I, again, you make a good point. It, it has become entertainment. And the, the other points that were previously made reminds me of a question. Someone asked me, Adam, how can you say the, this election process, uh, the counting is, is not corrupt? How can you say it's, it, it, isn't this a corrupt election? And I'm like, dude, I mean, since 2000 at the very least, there's been plenty of corruption. So one side screaming about it now. The, it, 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 this is the way elections work. I mean, don't value your wealth in elections. Do not value your wealth in politicians. Value your wealth in Bitcoin. Pound that like button. So let us, I, I was going to bring up the ridiculous 
people bringing up blockchain solutions uh, for, for, for what we're going through with the election, but I'm not even going to get into that. I, I think we all know that it's yeah, just a, it's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. It, it's uh, uh, so I, I want to go to to news. Let's leave the election behind. We're we're going to stay with the government, unfortunately, on this topic. Silk Road Bitcoin has been confiscated, like sixty nine thousand Bitcoin, a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. It's it's the largest in terms of a dollar worth of Bitcoin ever confiscated uh, by the the government. Now, uh, and the market has not reacted. If you actually Google news, do a news Google search for Bitcoin, that's the only story that comes up. It says, you know, Silk Road Bitcoin confiscated. And then and it says Bitcoin. And then like below that, it says like, well, Bitcoin's price goes up. And I don't know if they're trying to connect it. But the major story in Bitcoin should be like, you know, the Bitcoin's price is going up. But the mainstream media is just they think this is a big story. But the funny thing is, is like to me, sure, it, it's a clickbait story. You put in Silk Road, you put in billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. People are interested. But to me, it's it's not a big story at all. I mean, they're going to the United States government will eventually auction it off. OK. And, and but other than that. Uh, I think people are. It, it's a bunch of clickbaity terms. So, uh, Nick, what, what's your what's your take on uh, the, the United States uh, quote unquote confiscating? I mean, they they had to do. They convinced to give up his Bitcoin. Uh, what's your take on this? I would have liked to see like what actually happened between the government and who they stole it from. You know, like the actual dialogue and exchange because. I don't think people would really want to, you know, just give up 69,000 Bitcoin. So they might have said, like, you know, give us the Bitcoin or we'll lock you away or, you know, fine you a, have a have a, a heavy amount. Um, yeah, it might be a it might be a deal. Like, I mean, they, they do this all the time. They do it specifically against people who are either a innocent or um, uh, not at high risk of actually getting like a heavy punishment from something they basically lay out this list of uh usually very redundant um crimes or uh charges essentially against these people and then show it's like look you're going to be in prison for 55 years but we can bring this down to two years if uh you take our plea deal and you know give us this money or you know unlock this usb blah 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 like they just use it as leverage to threaten people into submission and i suspect that you're right that it's something very similar to that. It's like, we're going to put you away for the rest of your life and you're never going to see the light of day again unless you give us these coins and then we'll bring, it, bring this down to a drug possession charge and you'll have, you know, five years and some change, you know, sort of yeah, thing. I was surprised that that wasn't a deal originally uh, with uh, Albert. That, that's what always kind of, I never understood uh, why that deal wasn't made because there was no major confiscation. I think the other thing that people need to realize is that uh, this uh, when they confiscate property, it's already taken from you. And that's the first thing they do. And the courts have already ruled that while you have constitutional rights, your property doesn't. So it's not a question of whether or not your property is, is guilty. You have to prove your property is innocent to get it back. And uh, so they seize it and then it's up to you uh, to prove it innocent to get it back. And so basically what happens to anybody that's been targeted, uh, and it's happened to a lot of innocent people, they just seize up you can't even hire an attorney. 
because they just seize all your assets. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things. This is what we're talking about the value of Bitcoin right now. That's one of the reasons why you have Bitcoin. And uh, uh, it is you may not be able to leave your country. You may not be able to get out of prison, but they can't get your wealth. So, I mean, I am curious what's going on because they basically have, uh, you know, Albrecht in, in Florence at Max, Max Security with a live prison. Uh, you know, I've been to Florence. I was never in the Supermax, but, but I was uh, at Florence at the Medium. And uh, so uh, I get it. I'm just I, just, I don't understand the timing. It really has me baffled. So I'm curious. We also, there, there's also something else to consider is that it may not be even though i would suspect that they would try to go like the deal route you know like like here's here's your horrible punishment give us access to the coins and here's your less punishment at the exact same time if you consider just how long those coins have been there um it's a little shocking that someone could have near a billion dollars in bitcoin and not have done any sort of security measures uh in like uh like multi-sig or well, like like make, setting up yeah but look like, at the difference between arthur hayes his indictment and albrecht basically the players have become much better and uh you know arthur mm -hmm. hayes i'm sure i mean uh the the cftc uh citation i was expecting but the indict criminal indictment that did shock me but the fact they could only pick up one of the principles, uh, they knew the game and they they're fully prepared. And, and you know, I, I wrote an article on that too. We we really they don't need our our he, Arthur Hayes doesn't need our money. Yeah, yeah but he needs our support uh, because he, that's the that's the opening. That's a shot. That's a shot across the bow. That's the opening salvo of the Bitcoin wars. And uh, well, it's not even a U.S. company. Like to, to suggest that they even have jurisdiction. Yeah, he's a U.S. He's a U.S. citizen. That's a US real problem. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But but um, he, I'm sure they they when they were traveling, they made sure that only one or two of them were in yeah. in an extraditable uh, jurisdiction, and that's what we need to do you, to to fight this battle. We have to have Bitcoin because that's going to be our defense. Mm -hmm. And it's not a look. I live in Mexico. And you better wake up because I, I've told people about this. I've actually posted pictures, but they actually have kiosks built now. You're not going to be able to leave the United States without being going across a, a kiosk, just like coming in. And it's all the, the kiosks are there. It's like the field of dreams. They built it and it's coming. It was actually started under Obama, and uh, you know now it's under Trump. They haven't they they haven't manned it, but the computers are there. Everything is there, so it's coming. And you better be prepared for it. And that's all I yeah. can say. Because that, you, you, learn, you, learn how to you learn how to swallow your trezor and then uh, defecate it out on the other side. I mean, that's, uh, that's one way of doing it. I wonder if it would still work. Trezor's kind of wide. You're going to do something maybe like a, yeah, gonna have to a, come ledger, a ledger or a bit box might be a little bit easier. I don't know. They're all kind of big. <laughs> check, that, check that domain. See if uh, Bitcoin uh, suppository is available. It just might be. Yeah, yeah. That's a business idea. That's a great business idea. Business open dime. Business. Just put it on an open dime. Uh, oh, yeah, that's small. Pound that like button. Oh, that doesn't sound like a good time to say pound that like button after we talk about that. But but anyway, okay. So uh, let's uh, let's get to the next topic here. Wow, we've been 
lots of people are giving a uh, ugly old gold ra rave reviews on uh, Twitter right now. You just got a really a friendly tweet out there by a long term uh, watcher of the show. All right, let us uh, go. What's that? We talked about. Uh, well, real quick, uh, Square. Oh, Square, best. Uh, they're making a lot of money every quarter. It keeps getting better. They keep selling more Bitcoin. Uh, and so on that note, uh, they're obviously dealing with uh, individual retail investors. Uh, so I'd love to hear your take on that, uh, Guy Swan. But at the same time, we've had two major stories this year, I'd say. One is more retail related. That's the PayPal. The other one is the Michael Saylor uh, story, which is more... Uh, well, obviously, it's, it's corporate. So uh, what's your take on Square uh, uh, keeping up the pace, I guess? But what do you think was the bigger story, PayPal or uh, or, or MicroStrategy when we look back on 2020? So it's, it's, it's two different questions there in one. <laughs> hmm. That's a good question. Oh, that my question? Micro, well, uh, no, no, guys, it's Guy's turn. Yeah, yeah Michael Saylor's the story. I, I yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get to hey, oh, look, guy, guy, take it. I thought that was true. okay. Yeah, I don't. Really, <laughs> I'm gonna remain silent because I don't know much about Square or the PayPal. Wait, 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 <laughs> ugly. It's got it's guy's turn. Guy is answering the question. Guy is answering the question. <laughs> okay. Um. So uh, I I actually uh, agree with uh Mr. Goat. Um, <laughs> is uh, I think in the in kind of a short term in short term framing of like oh what's the hype of the price right now i think paypal probably showed on its face a little faster but i think the bigger more sustainable bullish news is absolutely like hands down micro strategy um uh but uh i also think that the paypal thing like we knew about paypal and venmo uh like 3 months prior or something like that like like that that rumor there, there were pretty verified rumors at that point, though. Like there had been a number of people who really said it um, and made it clear that that was coming. Um, and I think it was literally just one of those situations where you just get good news all the time. And the the price is primed to do what it's about to do. And then there's just a little catalyst that just kind of like kicks the dust off the top and gets it rolling. Um, and, uh, that's what PayPal was. Like, I think the price would have like, if PayPal hadn't said anything, um, I still think the price would have gone up. Um, so I think that's mostly froth. Um, I think it did put it in kind of in front of a lot of people, um, and, uh, maybe encouraged, you know, some extra oomph to the, uh, to the charge there. Um, but it's still is it is it even available yet or was it still just announced it's it's kind of available to a few people they uh, okay so it's like a beta uh, right now. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, okay so uh nick what's your your take on uh that question definitely micro strategy i think is the bigger news um if i'm being honest i'm i wasn't too bullish on the paypal news the only and that was just because they don't allow you to like actually withdraw the Bitcoin or send it to other people. But the one thing that I am optimistic for is, is I was having a conversation with a coworker and he was telling me that when cash app started, they were the same way. You could only buy it and sell it. They didn't allow you to buy it and take it off or send it to other people. So I definitely think micro strategy was the bigger news, but I am optimistic on PayPal getting, you know, getting it right and allowing people to take off um, their Bitcoin to their own wallet. I don't like how they have 
other coins than Bitcoin. I just, I think it'd be dope as shit as uh heck if (laughs) it was just sorry i didn't want to cuss or anything but i think it'd be cool if it was just bitcoin only um just get rid of the noise and just focus on our next financial system uh nick did you have any thoughts on uh that square making a doing better every single freaking quarter oh yeah dude i think that's awesome i i really do like i saw they were making what like they were selling, I think, double the amount of Bitcoin that miners are making. Like, that's insane. Like, we're, and this leads back into the very first topic we had today is the FOMO is going to get crazy. There's not enough Bitcoin out there, but there is enough sats. I, I like how you put it. Uh, ugly, your, your turn. You had a lot to say. I was holding you back there. Now I'm letting you loose. I'm yeah, I'm here. I don't know why I lost the camera. That's all right. I I see you. Okay, okay. We got. Okay, I don't know what the no. No. But but you're 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 taking. You were about to talk about Michael Saylor. Uh, Yeah, I mean, to me, that's the big news. You know, I I'm prejudiced. I just hate PayPal. I mean, I have (laughs) taken them, but I just despise PayPal. I just you know I try to avoid them like the plague, and and uh, you know. I have to take it for credit card payments, but I'm, I'm trying to just move uh, my business at least, you know, if you can't pay in Bitcoin, I, I don't need, I don't need it anyway. You know, I'm already, <laughs> I, I don't need to do what I'm doing. I enjoy what I'm doing. I love teaching people, you know, how, how to trade. And so that's what, that's what I do. But right now I take PayPal, but boy, I don't like it. And I don't, uh, I'm just, I've never been impressed by their operation. So uh, that's my view of PayPal. And Square, I'm just not familiar with. I've never used it, so I don't know. All right. I, I You might not like PayPal, but if they get a bunch of normies into this, then, hey, they're yeah. they're, they're teaching a lesson, too. I know you got to get out of here soon, uh, Ugly. Uh, it's, we, we've uh, gotten – and we're going to start talking technical. So I just want to – if you want to leave now, you can leave. But do you have any uh, you have any conclusionary thoughts, any stories, anything you want to add that you didn't get to throw in there? No, not really. I, I think that uh, I think the election is going to be the driving news. You know, I, I still I don't think the election's over with. I do hope that uh, uh, I, I really do hope that we can expose the election process for what it is and clean it up once and for all. So I in that sense, I don't think we should li- live with dirty elections. I think there have been dirty elections in the past, uh, but they have been isolated. I mean, Chicago was known for it. Uh, I mean, then there was never, it was just a, everybody knew about it. So (laughs) that, that was it. And, and the problem is in the major cities, I, I, you know, I don't think that most of America, these uh, elections are corrupt and they definitely are in these democratic cities. And that's what this issue is about. And, you know, it's just hard to believe that with all that was going on that, Biden won this thing. It just uh, all the other election results show that, you know, Trump has been been targeted. He's been targeted since 2016. He's just been a brilliant player. Like I say, I, I, I've seen presidents since Eisenhower. And I'm not, I was never a Trump fan, but if nothing else, you got to love the guy because he's, he's fearless. He's a non-politician and he's really playing a good game. And so I, you know, I just, uh, I hope he wins because I, I love watching uh, the show. He's putting on a great show. 
it, it, it is the show. Okay, so if, if you want to drop out at any time, you can. If uh, I, I'm just and uh, because uh, in a second, guy Swan's going to start talking hardcore uh, technology. And Nick, I know you got to get out of here pretty soon right. too, and you could drop off whenever you wanted to. But do you have any conclusionary uh, remarks? Anything you want to say? Anything? Just uh, anything that was left out? Me or yeah, uh, Nick, Nick? Yeah. Oh. Um, not off the top of my head, but I want to thank you for having me on, dude. This was awesome. Um, I, I really enjoyed the first time I was on here. Really enjoyed this again. And, um, if you don't mind, I shill something real quick. Please, chill. No, no. Shut him up. Cut it off. (laughs) (laughs) So on Bitcoin Black Friday, we're giving away one full Bitcoin. So if you're not following Bitcoin Black Friday already, we've partnered with FoldApp and Carrot, and we're giving away 100 million sats. And all you got to do is just sign up with your email for Fold's new reward card and confirm the sign up with Carrot, and you're good to go. Like, the way I see it is a lot of people today are scrambling to get um, a full Bitcoin. You know, there's only 21 million. Not everyone can own a full one. And you have the chance to win a full one for literally free. So if you haven't signed up for that, or if that interests you, I'd definitely go check it out. Okay, uh, Nick, real quick. So I was was tinkering with this and I've already got like myself and everybody in my close circles on fold because I've, I've, you know, pinned them down and forced them to do it. Um, but uh, how do I confirm this with Carrot? Am I like already in? Because I couldn't actually find it on the Carrot website and the link from Fold. I just want to make sure that like I am I am in this and I'm not 100% sure because the process uh, sent me to Fold to sign up. But then when I signed in, it didn't take me anywhere. Um, and I couldn't find anything explicit on Carrot. So if you were, if you go to the, if you go to Bitcoin Black Friday's website and you click on our link and sign up from there, after you sign up, you should get an email from Fold taking you to Carrot, like directly from Fold to Carrot. So it should be in an email. Yeah. Okay. If, if you did not get that, uh, just DM me on Twitter and we'll get it all sorted out. Okay. Nick, okay so I if, if if I have if I've already signed up, does that mean that like, like I mean I'm not gonna I don't want to sign up with like a new email and just be like just creating accounts like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like no. I, I, yeah. Uh, I will have to double check on that. So I, okay. I'm not a yes or no right yeah. away. Hit me up. Post post it on Twitter. I'm following you, so I'll see it. Uh, all all three all three of these dudes are linked to below. Their Twitters are below. So follow them. And uh, Ugly and Nick, you guys don't have to leave, but I understand if you do have to leave. So yeah, let I us. Oh, I, I have one question because I, I want to expose my ignorance. I should know what when Black Friday, Bitcoin Friday is. Uh, can you, Nick? Can you tell me <laughs> what, day, what Friday is that? November twenty seventh. Okay, it's same as it's, regular. It's, I was about to say it's same. It's same as normal Black Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not familiar with your business, but hey, you'll have to educate me. I'll I'll look at it tonight. Uh, I'm always interested in stuff, but gosh, it's so, Bitcoin is so deep. There's so many people in this thing. It's really cool. So, thank you for having me on, Adam. And it's nice meeting you two guys. And uh, I will check out your links and uh, see what you're up to. And uh, so we have a little studio here. Maybe we can have you here. We're trying to get a little bit better on YouTube. And uh, 
but I don't do that. I'm just kind of, I'm just the ugly old personality. You know, <laughs> I think I'm following you. Good on Twitter. All right. Thanks for having me, Adam. And we'll do it All again. Right, bye, 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 ugly. Thank you. All right. Let's get to uh, later, man. Peace. Peace. Got guy Swan. These these next questions are for you. It's tech time on this week in Bitcoin for all you tech heads. All yeah, right, yeah. what's up with this lightning pool thing? Okay, so uh, I just did an episode about it. Uh, Peter Shuega did a, a really good little introduction article on um, Bitcoin Magazine. Um, I think that was the last episode I did, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't know. I've been in I've been on like three or four shows the last couple of days, so I've completely lost track of time. Um, but uh, so the lightning pool is is actually really phenomenal this is the beginnings of uh financial like automated like actual smart contract financial products on top of bitcoin and uh, i've said this quite a bit on the show going back probably eight or nine months is that i think the first decentralized marketplaces on lightning will be to create liquidity markets for lightning because uh, lightning is a bootstrapping problem. Like people don't realize that the, um, like an analogy, I really, the, the way I really like to picture what's going on with Bitcoin is light and lightning is that like Bitcoin literally is a land grab. It is a, it is a bedrock, uh, a ledger that we can then build things on top of. And we are building network connections, network connections with explicit bandwidth, um, with, uh, um, very specific routes. It is a it is a routing network, and you have to be well placed within that network, um, and you have to find liquidity. Uh, liquidity costs money, uh, and uh, in the normal financial markets, the only way to get liquidity is through custodians. In the Lightning Network and in Bitcoin markets, you don't have to do that. You don't need custodians anywhere. You just need an auction. You just need a market to take place. And right now, liquidity, like, like having people open channels with you and make capital available to you on the Lightning Network has been a grueling, manual, slow process. Like there's like, I'm in a bunch of Telegram groups that are like, uh, you know, open channels with me so that I have channels or whatever. And what you end up with is a whole bunch of channels that are kind of dead. They don't really do much and capital just kind of sits there. Um, and there's very uh, suboptimal allocation because people don't really know where it's specifically needed um, or uh, uh, where uh, uh, where essentially it's most available. Like basically finding the buyer and the seller has been really, really hard um, and also setting some sort of a market price. And this is the beginning of a market. This is the beginning of a decentralized global marketplace to set a, as uh, Nick Batia talks about, the lightning network reference rate. What is the price of liquidity for a certain specific amount of time on a global decentralized payments network? Um, like what does that cost and what is the, to, to offer up capital to somebody else without counterparty risk, normal wallet and key risk like um wallet management risk is always present but it does not have counterparty risk you still have full signing control over your keys you have full signing control over your coins while they are in auction you have full signing control when it lands into a lightning channel and you are offering up for other people and this is unheard of in financial instruments 
There has never been a way to make a return without giving your capital to someone else for another, uh, another person's use. This is unique in financial history. A, uh, an instrument that can pay you a yield, that can pay you a percentage back in which it doesn't really matter who your cost of uh, quote unquote, making it available to someone else is not the fact that they might take it and run away with it. It's that you just have a time in which it is stuck there. Um, and in the context of lightning, it's like, you know, or it's like a day, I think is the default um, before you can exit the channel and you have the price of a fee. Um, uh, but this thing, this thing is awesome. The, the most beautiful thing about it is that lightning labs built it to solve their own problems. So uh, they have uh, the loop in, loop out service where you can send a lightning transaction and it uh, uh, basically turns back into a Bitcoin transaction. Somebody atomic swaps onto and off to the lightning network for you. Well, they've been having a problem. Keep going. Yeah. Has, has started. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, so they've been having trouble uh, finding liquidity because they've had to manually sit back on the other side and... Um, uh, basically uh, judge when, you know, transactions and stuff are coming through. Uh, when, where do we need liquidity? Which channels do we need to rebalance? And where do we need to open channels? And who has, you know, uh, capital available to open channels with? Um, and they have built this as a way to automate this process. As soon as you have a decentralized market, that's just running on its own chain. Well, then you can automatically just take advantage of it. If, if it's within your price range, you make a bid um, for where you need capital, where you need a new channel um, to, uh, you know, to satisfy the loops in loop and loop outs, the, uh, the service that you are providing to the network. And you can basically write a script to automatically open and or close channels where needed and to offer capital up in the reverse direction so that you can return a yield. Um, and the way this thing works is there's literally an auction at every block. And uh, these um, it's, a, it's a blind auction, uh, quote unquote, and you will never pay any more. It, it's, a, it's a set rate. So every single time that this auction is batched and closed in every single block um, is that it... Uh, Everybody pays the exact same price every single block. So they, like if I bid way too high, like on like what the cost of capital is and somebody else bids low, but it basically evens out that the low price is the one that we should be uh, closing at because of the amount that's available versus requested. Well, I get it at the low price. It doesn't, it doesn't automatically fill at my bid. It pays me the fair price. It simply won't go above my bid. So it's kind of like I set a maximum for what I'm willing to pay for it. Um, and this happens every single block and it batches every single time. So one of the other beautiful things about it is that uh, you are getting uh, additional efficiency in uh, expanding your, uh, your, you know, your little lightning network corner uh, by batching it with everybody else who's opening and closing channels. Uh, so you're saving massively on fees with, you know, multi-signature transactions. And then when you start adding things like Taproot in and eventually cross-signature uh, input, we're talking about huge, huge savings just in the ability to batch. So this is like combination, a decentralized way to batch transactions, as well as a non-custodial way to settle an auction to find capital on the Lightning Network. So 
like, I don't know if that's like a little bit too far for uh, some of the audience, but it's just a fascinating real financial instrument and like an actual market for actual payment services to find money where it is needed, to get money allocated to where it is needed and that is programmatic, meaning that it can be done automatically. And this is where you're going to start to see uh, payment services really starting to roll and really being able to guarantee payments on the Lightning Network rather than having to worry about, you know, 3% of the payments not going through or not having the capital available. And then when you combine that with some of the development that's happened with uh, uh, Phoenix Wallet and Breeze Wallet with having on the fly channel openings where you automatically push payments forward and standardized fees for all of this stuff, like, it, this this is the beginnings of a financial market. This is the beginnings of an incredibly robust um, and uh, multi-layered financial market. Dude, I love how you you, you tie Nick Baccia's, now it's a pretty old article, into this. This is the dream come true, I guess. Very yeah. very, very good re very good reference there. Okay, so you, you mentioned Taproot in there too. So what's the latest with Taproot? Okay, so Taproot is merged, which basically means the uh, the code is done. Um, and now we're waiting essentially on uh, some sort of consensus about how we're going to implement it. Are we basically just going to set a flag day two years from now that says this is when it activates? Are we going to do uh, like the BIP9 thing where uh, two weeks of 95% signaling from miners and that's when it's quote unquote done? So there's a lot, there's a lot going on there in just like how do we activate it on the network? But it is merged. And that means that one of the clients very soon, one of the next releases will have it running. We'll have something in it. Um, we'll have Taproot in it. But uh, uh, Taproot is, I think Taproot is a huge, huge improvement. Um, and one of the most beautiful things about it is that it obscures multi-sig, which I think multi-sig is... Uh, one of the most important standards that we should have, like I, I would be extremely happy to find out if we, if we reached a day where every single UTXO, every single balance of Bitcoin on the Bitcoin network was a two of three multi-sig, a three of five multi-sig, like, uh, and however, right now, if we did that, it would take up tons of extra space on the blockchain. Right now, all of those all of those transactions would be way more expensive than a normal one of one multi-sig because literally you have to have two or you have to have three signatures in it, and then you say a threshold of two. So any two of these that sign, but you have to write all of that information into the transaction. With Taproot, you have one signature, whether it's a, a ninety out of a hundred keys, whether it's two out of three, or whether it's one of one. No matter what, you have one signature on the chain. And that is a huge deal. It's a huge deal for privacy. It's a huge deal for efficiency. Um, and it is a huge deal for further distributing keys on the Bitcoin network. I think a Bitcoin network where every single UTXO is defended by three keys uh, is far more decentralized than every UTXO behind one key. I've, I've got a broader question here because we... There's so many different uh, corners in Bitcoin. You got the tech, the tech people, the gold 2.0 people. Do you think the Michael Sellers of the world know about uh, what you just discussed or care about Taproot and uh, 
the, the lightning innovation? Or are they just, you know, it's it's golden hold for them? Uh, I think they will, but I think right now it's it's less of a concern. Um, you know, from from like Michael Saylor's point of view, like even a $50 transaction fee is peanuts. You know, like they can't like like that's it's like it's like saying, oh, I've saved 99 percent of any and every cost that I have with moving this amount of money. Oh, but I really got to get that extra 0.8 percent. You know, like they're not concerned about that. They're just looking at the staggering difference that the 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 chasm between you know keeping your funds in real estate, buying treasury bonds, um, buying gold, and trying to move all of those things, and trying to move those things on, you know, a weekend or a banking holiday, and the closing costs and all of this sort of stuff. When you're looking at that, and then you compare it to Bitcoin, it's so hilariously the chasm is so freaking huge that like they're not going to care it, it's somebody like me who's just sending a random transaction from my wallet to my computer that goes oh crap five dollar fees man it'd be great if that was only two dollars and fifty cent but he doesn't even know you know like like that whole scope of the environment that's being introduced into this market which is why a lightning network is really important for retail um is uh they're not going to care $20 fees, $50 fees, $100 fees, they're going to pay it because it's night and day from the world they're coming from, uh, which will push up fees really heavily on the um, on the base layer. But that's why I think we should have dedicated, automated onboarding onto Lightning. Customers, like new people into Bitcoin, when you're moving $50, $100, you should come onto Lightning before touching Bitcoin on chain. Um, and things like Breeze and Phoenix and this auction, the Lightning Pool, Strike, uh, all of these things are making that exactly possible. Like, you know, the mempool's been crazy last week or so, like week and a half with the hash rate shift and all this stuff. I haven't noticed it. I do everything on Lightning. My fees have been the same, you know, five sats per transaction, 10 sats, you know, maybe. Um, and uh, And I've been using it like crazy. I got... Uh, I refill usually over over strike some uh, sometimes, um, but uh, I have been as comfortable as it gets. I look at the mempool and I think, oh, that's crazy, and then I go buy something on fold, and it costs me a penny. Now uh, we all remember the scaling debate, and the uh, the base layer of Bitcoin was not uh, affected. It was not. It was uh, not 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 changed uh, to expand the block size, and they created a. Uh, a fork, uh, but today we have Ethereum, and they're solving their issues with Ethereum 2.0. They're really changing things up. Uh, in the world of Bitcoin, we we love the stability of of the base layer. There's only ever going to be 21 million, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Here on Ethereum 2.0, it's it's a whole new world. So uh, I had it in the title, so why not uh, bring it up as one of the last subjects? What is going on with this Ethereum 2.0 thing? Uh, do, do you think it's going to help? Do you think they're going to be able to pull it off? Uh, and uh, is it a gimmick? Is it legitimate? What's, what's your take, Guy? Um, I think it's probably going to be uh, in the next six months or so, probably the worst decision Ethereum has made. Um, uh, I think moving one of the only good things that I think Ethereum has been going for it is that it's got pretty distributed hash rate. Um and uh, and it's also not susceptible to Bitcoin miners. So it's not competing with Bitcoin for hash rate, whereas Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin SV could be 
you know, like somebody could take a tiny little corner off of the Bitcoin hash rate and just obliterate both of those chains. Um, uh, I think that's the only, that's one of the biggest security bonuses or integrity bonuses of Ethereum right now. And I think there will be like a, a hype bridge. Like I think there will be maybe a little bit of a pump of just people uh, all excited about Ethereum 2.0, like it's going to make a difference. But I think it's, I think it's horrible from a security perspective. Um, I think they're making a huge step towards centralization and they're just reinstitute, uh, uh, not reinstituting, but they're uh, reaffirming, they're reaffirming their choice to just make the monetary policy, make the security policy, make the integrity of the chain, whatever the hell is convenient or whatever is just feels good at any one time. And Ethereum is just Ethereum is just an application. It's just a piece of software. It is just not money. Um, and I think this will just double down on uh, like the corporate world. Nobody's going to hold that crap. Nobody. Nobody's going to like Michael Saylor talks about it. It's like, don't tell me how you're going to change the protocol and how you're going to fundamentally alter its security practices. And you're going to just you're just going to throw around the integrity of the whole monetary system as if it's just a toy that you're playing with or it's some JavaScript code on a website. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. That means that it is scary to put money in your system and it will never be a foundational money. Um, I think I think this is a terrible idea from their perspective uh but uh or from my perspective of what they are doing um but yeah you know what do you I do i don't I think love, they i love that final point i love that final point that you know of all the coins out the only one people are putting in their treasuries is bitcoin why right. because it's stable so yeah this uh no, they're not going to mess with something that can change willy-nilly like this. I say good luck to the Ethereum people. Let them experiment. I don't want it to see it destroyed or anything like that. But sure, no is, hard feelings. I yeah, don't, yeah, I don't it, really care. I just, I think this, I think it's a bad choice. Yeah. Well, again, it is indeed the rock Bitcoin and people, the big money wants the stability. They want something that is not going to change for a hundred years or whatever, willy-nilly. All right. So that's it. We're at the end of the show here. Guy, promote everything that you're doing or bring up any topics that, that, that were not brought up or anything you wanted to say that you didn't get to say. Uh, the floor is yours. All right. Uh, uh, yeah. Listen to Bitcoin Audible. Um, I've had... I've really been pumping out stuff on that, and I try to dig into all this stuff in really serious depth on the show whenever I have the opportunity. Um, uh, ramping up a lot of new interviews, really, really some exciting stuff coming around. Um, and uh, uh, the Shitcoin Insider, uh, I guess I'm sorry about the cursing, but that's the name of the show. Um, uh, me and my, my co-host uh, have, uh, started up that show. We're one episode in and we've got like two or three planned for the future. And I think that's really exciting. And a lot of people really enjoyed our first episode. Um, so that's coming as well. Uh, but if you just find me, I'm, I'm Guy Swan, the guy who's written more about Bitcoin than anybody else, you know, and, uh, yeah, just, just keep learning. I think as we get into this bull market here, um, which I think is going to be a sustained run for a really long time, it's going to kind of get scary. Um, and as I have been saying again and again, learn now, learn while we still have the opportunity, while our balances are still, you know, in the low amounts of capital, put it behind multi-sig like the Silk Road thing. This guy has been holding it, not moving it from 2014. 
he should have taken care of multi-sig. He should have had a far better uh, security setup and a uh, far better distribution of his keys. And, you know, look what it cost him. And I mean, obviously don't do crime and that will help, but, <laughs> but just in a general sense, take the time, learn how to hold your own keys, withdraw from uh, whatever custodian you have and know that you have a strong foundation and you know what you're doing as this thing goes 5x and 10x from here. Because I think I, I truly think we'll see it and it'll be really scary and it'll be a lot harder to do it while the avalanche is falling. Um, so do it now. Exciting times ahead. Jump into the fire. Thank you, Guy Swan. Thank you, my other guest too, who had to leave. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister. We do this freaking this weekend Bitcoin every freaking Friday. Pound that freaking like button. Uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow with the regular show. You know, you get all sorts of shows here. Keep on uh, coming back to disruptmeister.com every single freaking day. Uh, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks a lot, everyone. See you soon. Bye-bye. Take it easy, guys. All right.